On episode 58 of Pop Culture Weekly, it's all about one of my favorite shows ever, Servant on Apple TV+. Plus. I talk with M. Night Shyamalan, Toby Kebbell, Lauren Ambrose, Nell Tiger Free, and Rupert Grint. It is all about Servant Season 2. Let's go! You're listening to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon, presented by 92.9 Tom FM, an iHeartRadio station. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon. I, of course, am Kyle McMahon. And this week, I talk to the entire cast of one of my favorite shows of all time, Servant. I also talk with M. Night Shyamalan, who is just a genius. I mean, writer, director, producer, cinematographer, just an awesome, and actor, awesome, awesome, awesome talent, one of my favorite creatives in the business, and I love everything he's done, you know, Sixth Sense all the way up to Glass and Split, and I just love him. And, you know, I've been raving about Servant since it came on Apple TV Plus last year, and uh, season two is here, and so I'm really excited. I talk with M. Night Shyamalan and Toby Kebbell and Lauren Ambrose, who of course play Sean and Dorothy Turner, the uh, the mother and father centered around um, the show Servant. And I talk with Rupert Grint once again, uh, of course, Ronald Weasley, but uh, relating to Servant, he plays Julian, and he is so He's so good in in Servant, and he's actually funny, really funny in Servant as well, um, which is nice because it's not a funny show, but his moments of of humor really, you know, do a lot for a show when you're dealing with the issues that Servant's dealing with. I also talk with Nell Tiger Free, who of course plays Leanne, the mysterious nanny. And um, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Of course, you can watch the videos on, go to popcultureweekly.com, click on videos, and you can see all of the videos if you want to watch them as well. And any videos that you might have missed, interviews or whatever. So let's begin with Toby Kebbell and Lauren Ambrose on season two of Servant. Hey, Lauren and Toby, thank you for speaking with me. Uh, Once again, I'm so excited to talk to you for season two of Servant. I have been, first of all, with season one, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And now with season two, it's just as exciting and edge of your seat. And I've got to say, these are complex characters, Dorothy and Sean. And sometimes I'm like, Toby, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, oh, come on, bro. Like, that's what I, you know, I, I side with you. And then other times I side with Dorothy. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I see both of you. You know, it's so complex. What is that like as artists for you working with characters who are so layered and so complex? It's just, they're not simple, easy characters. Right. It, it's the joy. It's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's true. Yeah, go on, Lord. Yeah, no, it's, it's a dream. It's it's like actor, super fun uh, to to get to play a character who makes all kinds of terrible choices and contradicts herself in many ways, and um, 
is delusional at times and then comes into her power for example in this season it's uh it's and strength and verges on criminality or is criminal actually and uh, <laughs> um we've got the, you know I, I feel like you know i feel like at our best moments we're you know doing shooting this play in this brownstone that's been meticulously recreated in in a, on a soundstage in philadelphia and and we're like you know these poor characters we have these great actors playing these characters and we're trapped in this house and it just gets so intense at times um it's 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 a joy to have all these challenges yeah it absolutely is and and lauren's right you know where it where it feels like a play the the beauty of it being filmed is we have all these other great artists that lauren keeps mentioning we do our bit but then you've got all these other great artists getting to do that and you have that in plays but it's just that that next level you know because we have visual effects and we have special effects and we have all these great things that are happening on but at the at the at the crux there's this great story and it is about relationships and people and the terrible mistakes you make and sometimes you get to take it back and sometimes there's no taking it back and that's you know that's the struggle and so as we go in venture into season two, you know, that's that's the flip now. We have a man who believed he had all the answers and although it was awkward and bizarre, he's, he's doing the right thing by his wife, by his relationship. This is what we should do. And and he ha he kind of has a back door. He has a get out clause, which is, you know, if it seems weird, then it, this is for this is for Dorothy, you know, but really that's just him not dealing. That's him not not actually having culpability in, in a couple of places so you know now we start to see those fractures in Sean where he doesn't have the answers and he he can't feel anymore you know he's lost his sense of touch so that becomes you know what's next is it his sight is it his hearing so that panic starts to kick in and now he wants some answers now he wants to know and now maybe it's about being kind did, did, was he not kind at all? you know so he's searching for these answers throughout which allows the cult to kind of creep back in you know, halfway through the season, we start to see more of them, which is great because we got Boris playing Uncle George, the perpetually dirty man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just such fun. And then it just gets dark and we were allowed more humor. And it's such a fun season, you know, and, and, and so great to be working with such great artists on all levels. As I was talking to Rupert and Nell, I was saying that it is it's a journey, you, you know, I mean, I, I feel emotions, you know, that I'm like, it, I'm excited at some points. I'm, you know, terrified at other points. I'm horrified at some actions at other points. It's just, you know, uh, it's really is a journey. And for, as a, as a viewer, it is an absolute pleasure to watch. The other thing that I actually heard Toby, that you were a chef yourself, quite the chef yourself, um, the food being such a big part of, of the show, um, the pizza episode for me, I'm like, I want to order from them. Um, what is that for you guys? Uh, you know, for your character, what does that mean for both of your characters? Yeah, I mean, we both cook really well. Lauren's an excellent cook, you know. Um, totally. Oh, okay. The term, the term chef. I start to get a bit, you know, like when I did Planet of the Apes and people were like, hey, he's a monkey. It's like, no, he's, he's, a, he's an ape, you know. I start to get a bit like that because I'm working with chefs, right? So I work on, you know, with, with guys in kitchens uh, when I was doing my training and I still get to, and, and Drew, who works with us, is a phenomenal chef. 
so I'm a good cook. That's about as high as I can get up there, you know, because those guys, they specialize, you know, so if they're doing the line, they're doing a specific job and they'll move around and they'll do, you know, pasta and they'll do the grill and they'll do, you know, the, the dessert. So that movement through chefing, chefing's a specific term. So yeah, I'm, I'm a good cook and I love to cook. Um, but it's, but he's it's so really important. Good. He's really great at, he's gotten very into the behind the scenes and working with our incredible Drew DeTomo, who's our food consultant, chef guy, um, at, at, you know, building all what the food is going to be. And so Toby yeah. has a fun art project going on behind the scenes that he's really yeah, involved in. Yeah, I love that. We all get and to, we all get to be in the prep kitchen and, and, <laughs> you know, make stuff and unwind that way. Yeah. I didn't realize that it's actually edible, real food. These aren't like props that have been sitting out and nobody can touch them. Like it's actual yeah. food. Right. Right. We wanted to see that enjoyment when we were cooking, you know, and that's the blessing of having Drew, you know, he understands the aesthetic, you know, when, when Drew first turned up first day we worked together, it was the, um, the sorbet that we uh, put mm. on top of a meringue and he was so disappointed with how that meringue looked he was so irritated that that was his work on screen and he himself he just stepped it up so he really understands the aesthetic we require but also knows that you know if, if Nell's vegan or, a, or another character's vegan you know has a vegetarian or a dietary restriction he wants you to eat the same looking thing as everyone else but yours is a bean or yours is a certain fruit that's extra slimy or whatever it is, it's, it's still delicious to eat. So the lobster ice cream, you know, we ate it, it smelled and tasted like death. Um, <laughs> so we, we ended up using a very specific strawberry. I mean, down to the point where Drew found the right strawberry to give that kind of more orange than red so that we, we could just eat strawberry ice cream and they it by the bucket load. <laughs> I love that. And now of course I'm hungry again, <laughs> Lauren, this is, yeah. um, your, character's journey you know in season one I was kind of angry with your character but I'm like you know what are you doing I didn't understand as I've begun to dive into season two I'm I'm really starting to see you know this is a mother who would do anything for her child mm -hmm. um is that purposeful for you because as a viewer i'm seeing these these differences you know that may seem minute but i've been picking up on them anyway and i'm not the you know the most astute person in the world but um is that purposeful for you uh, as you're doing that on your character journey in season two um i'm not entirely sure what you're referring to but but um it's, it's certainly been fun uh uh, you know, sort of getting away from the delusion aspect of her, you know, not knowing what happened. I suppose that's still there. That's still very much there. And the the, the foundation of all of the, the secrets and lies that Sean and Dorothy have together and, and um, Rupert's character as well, um, of what they've, you know, told this woman or what she's allowed to believe or what she... She knows what happened or whatever, but she she um you know this season I I get to to sort of come into a little more strength and power and um which gets pretty insane and uh, criminal and 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 um, rageful 
Uh, so that was scary to read on the page and then figure out how to how to do, uh, but but fun, fun acting challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different a different side of the the person because she's she's not, you know, she's in charge of this operation, this very practical operation of like, you know, where is this child and and how am I gonna how am I gonna get my son back? And that's kind of exactly what I mean. You know, in the first season, you're very, you're, you're still controlled, you know, in season two, but you're a very controlled character, you, um, in, in many ways. Uh, and then in other parts, you know, maybe not so controlled. But in season two, it's kind of, you've kind of come into your power. And, uh, and it's, it's, I don't know really how to describe it, but it's, it's almost subtle in how, in a, in a change from season one, where you're, I almost feel like you're the victim, like, oh, you know, poor Dorothy, where in yeah. season two, it's more like Dorothy, it's not poor Dorothy, Dorothy's gonna like, you know, take charge and, and, and get to the bottom of this. Yes. And I think it even verges on, on villainy. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, it was definitely hard for me to keep be, feeling compassionate for the character, but, um, but I think, I think underneath it all, like the yeah, that the trauma is really what's what's fueling her rage and all of her. It also brought out, I think, interesting dynamic between Sean and Dorothy because now they're they're really in cahoots and and working together on this this operation of uh, you know getting into figuring out where where their kid is and figuring out the mystery of Leanne. So so they're you know still lying to each other but sometimes coming together and finally and this is for both of you for me as a as a viewer it's been quite an exciting ride every single episode i was dying for the last 10 months waiting for season two so now that it's here are you as as you know people are you as excited as somebody like me to find out the next chapter in these characters journeys yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that that's that's the great thing about working with Knight and and Apple as, you know, two entities that are so creative, you know, your your hope is that this gets more and more creative, that it gets more and more interesting. So, you know, um talking back to the point you just had before about Dorothy's transition, um I think one thing that was really beautiful in her performance was this kind of agony that was almost difficult to watch that it was sometimes you're like what is going on with this person and it's that agony that she's in that's lying underneath all of this i'm okay i'm good i'm good and that pain uh was was really just phenomenal phenomenal acting so it's it's uh great to see that we transition into this other problem that we have um which is as lauren said more practical which is the baby's gone the nanny's gone the cult's very real and they're trying to get into our homes, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun. I love it. Thank you both so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for your incredible work on the show. And I look sure. forward to speaking with you for season three. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Thanks Thank guys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love this show so much, and they're such amazing character, characters, and such amazing actors. 
Uh, I, I just really, really, really love this show. So let's get in to Rupert Grint and Nell Tiger Free and find out what's going on that side of the world in Servant. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here we go. All right, so thank you both for speaking with me again. Season one was absolutely incredible. I was glued to the edge of my seat every single episode. I've watched the first few episodes of season two, and that ride has not stopped. So my question, I have two different questions for both of you. Leanne, uh, uh, Nell, Leanne had (laughs) a kind of hypnotic presence over uh, everyone in season one. And it seems that uh, we're starting to get a glimpse that that might not be the same case in season two. What is that like for you for that character journey? It's great. It's so much fun to sort of play with the different colors and elements of this character because there really aren't any limits with her because uh, we don't really know 100% what she is or who she is. And so it's 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 great. It, it was a lot of fun to kind of tap into that different zone and that different headspace and just look forward to continuing to creep everyone out for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting about Leanne is that there's this innocence, but, and almost like you want to really like her, but then on the other hand, like you said, it's also like, you're also creeping me out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a struggle for me is trying to keep that duality alive and fresh. And, you know, on the one hand, she's just a young girl trying to figure stuff out and, you know, just wants to kind of be liked. And then on the other hand, she is this ethereal being with this kind of, you know, spiritual or religious path, if you will. And, uh, yeah, you've got to balance the two and make her likable sometimes, but also sometimes like absolutely terrifying. So it's just finding that balance. I love that. And and Rupert, your character, Julian, is, I don't want to say comic relief, but the, the character itself is just so blunt oftentimes that you're just like, it's kind of a much needed break sometimes in a very tense sort of, you know, edge of your seat way. Uh, yeah. How have you uh, put your how have you put Rupert into Julian in in that respect in that respect um yeah not a lot to be honest uh, Julian is a very kind of alien creature to me he's he's completely the opposite really um he's I mean yeah as you say he's blunt he's kind of in your face and he's it's all kind of a front it's this kind of bravado that I think he he kind of depends on because he's he's refusing to grieve I think it's, it's, everything is a deflection from that. And even with kind of his drink problem, the humor, I think he uses that as well as a way to kind of, kind of distract everything. And, and, and which is also a really important part. I think it's for, for a show, it's a very human thing to kind of see the humor in kind of the most tragic situations. And I think that's something that I always really loved about the scripts um, was this kind of dark thread of humor that kind of runs through the story. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. So for both of you, 
seeing, you know, after filming season one, I talked to you both uh, right before season one debuted. Now I'm talking to you for season two. Was it as exciting for you as artists to watch these characters' journeys from season one into season two? Yeah, I think it was, I think it's just going to get more and more exciting for us as it progresses. I mean, I, I was so ready to see kind of the path that Leanne was going to take. And I was really, really happy with uh, the direction she's going. And it's so, I mean, I feel like we're all pretty attached to this show and these characters now. Um, and uh, it's just great fun to watch it all unravel and watch each other's characters progress and change as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And how about you, Rubric? Yeah, for sure. It's it's such a unique show, I think, in, in many ways. The fact that it's kind of these fast, like, half-hour episodes, all in this same location, this one place, which is a really interesting place to play a scene because it's, it's a very intimate kind of confined space and kind of everything is amplified. And it's it's a really kind of unnerving place to be in and you do feel a sense of relief when you leave. Um and yeah, it's just, you never really know what's around the corner because right? it's, it's, it's a classic night thing. You just, <laughs> you can never predict where this will end up. And I, I have no idea where this will go next. So it's, yeah, that, that, that's kind of thrilling for me. So as I was watching, you know, the first few hours, like three o'clock in the morning now, I'm like binging them because I want to watch as much as I can. And I'm like, I'm like starting to fall asleep because it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to see what happens. I got to finish this episode. It's just such an edge of your seat show, but it's very smart too. It is very smart. And I love the, the way both of you, the entire cast, you know, the four of you essentially carry this uh, series um, and you all have your own secrets. Uh, you know, you all are, are, uh, you all have your own agendas in in many ways. Mm -hmm. How how is that uh, as an actor um, to kind of these are complicated characters. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's not uh, these are not simple characters. How is that for you as actors in regards to playing something? You know, maybe not as complex. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely challenging to. Um to keep to keep our characters kind of breathing in a way I don't know how to explain it but like um it's difficult uh, it, it's easy to fall into a pattern and to fall into sort of rhythms with a character and with mine you know she she had this kind of very uh, it was it wasn't one note but you know she she presented a quiet kind of demure front and then for season two that kind of gets pushed out the window and she takes this big turn into something else and so developing that and, and getting that right and making sure it was um it, dynamic but also believable you know it's really great to to, to sink your teeth into and that's what so Rupert was saying earlier was so great about tv is that you really get so well acquainted with these characters and these people and they start to become sort of second nature to you and then they chuck in something that's completely unlike your character and you have to kind of evolve into that world too so um yeah it's just trying to avoid being stagnant with with her and uh and keep her fresh and keep her moving and but still keep that kind of core value that is leanne at the same and how about for you rupert yeah absolutely yes yeah, it's, it's it's fascinating really kind of um because yeah as you say you i think as a viewer you're always kind of forced to ask that question like who can you really trust are these people good 
who's bad. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's an element to that. And then the fact that you don't really know what could be around the corner, you kind of have to kind of have this preemptive kind of attitude. You have to kind of try and kind of predict things that you don't even know yourself are kind of coming your way. So it's, yeah, it keeps you, definitely keeps you, uh, keeps you fresh and it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to work. And it's, it's nice not knowing. I enjoy that. It's, it's, it's something you can kind of use for sure. What as actors, what is the best, uh, um, what has been your favorite part of this process or even, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. What has been your favorite part of the process of serving, particularly season two? Often mm. think. Yeah, well, so many things. I think, um, I think, well, this time around, I've, I've just had a baby, so I've had a whole new perspective. I mean, mm. it's, it's not the best show um, to be involved with when, when you've just become a dad, I think. Um, so that's been a really interesting thing, me, um, kind of a whole new perspective, kind of really understanding the lengths that you'd go for your, your kid. It, 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 it's a really kind of powerful love that I didn't really have much of a concept before. Um, so that's been an interesting new dimension for me that I've kind of been enjoying. Yeah, I think my favourite part of shooting the show is just like, I love the content, I love the material. It's really lucky when you're shooting something that you're proud of. And, you know, and I, I love working with um, the, the other three. The other three, I love working with Toby <laughs> and Lauren. They're just like, we've, we've assumed this kind of weird little family dynamic in real life as well as on the show. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just such a great, project and great great people to be around and so we're uh i feel very lucky that i, I actually like all of them that none of them annoy me <laughs> <laughs> even though i annoy all of them every day constantly all the time bringing them all of my problems <laughs> every hour of the day <laughs> so food is and drink in in many ways are very big parts of serving tomato you know soup and a and a piece of toast yeah i lost you halfway through there but I, you ended it with tomato soup and toast so i'm <laughs> guessing that one was directed at me i had said nell nell are you like sick of even seeing it at this point oh my god so <laughs> <laughs> you'd think that right Specifically that brand, I can't, I can't eat anymore because I just like, but I actually love tomato soup and toast. Like I'll make that quite a lot, but I use, oh. I use Heinz, which is, is that just English? Or do, you, do they have that in America? Heinz. You know, we have it. Yeah. yeah. You definitely do, uh, don't you? It's like, yeah, probably absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no hate to Campbell's, even though I don't even know if that's the actual one we use, but uh, no, I, 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 I do still eat it. I do still eat it. I eat like Leanne. I'm really picky like her and I eat simple things. And and Rupert, you get, you know, arguably a a, uh, a better option with wine um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and some liquor. What do you think that with you, the the alcohol is a a way to grieve a, a, a way or as you kind of mentioned earlier, a way for him not to grieve? Mm. Yeah, I think it's another another way to kind of uh, it's a coping mechanism. I think it's something that he holds on to, and I think I mean he, he himself is a kind of very hedonistic person. He's, he he loves getting wasted no matter what the thing is. 
there's drugs or booze or anything. He's he's one of those people that loves to kind of experience that. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a. I mean, every scene I've got a glass of something. Wine is a huge part of the show, I think. Um, and yeah, it's a really fun element, and the food is is great because usually, kind of on set when you're eating the, the food, it's just a guy has just made it backstage to look like really great, but not necessarily great, like hot chocolate with like shaving yeah, yeah. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's none of that. It's all legit. It's all great food made by. Um, Actually, Toby and our on chef Drew. Oh so, wow! Okay. Yeah. So it's it's the real deal, and it's it's yeah. amazing. It's all real. The food. That's all. So, I, okay. That, so that brings a whole nother element into it because now I'm like, wait, it's actual real food. It's not, yeah. you know, uh, paint on top of a no. um, prop. Or no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Drew would die. No, it's it's a. Uh, our on-set chef drew like rufa was saying and toby who's there but like toby's an amazing chef actually as well and mm. uh they have a they have a kitchen on set and they're constantly cooking the actual food and making it taste amazing it's really really quite amazing i think this this show is really unique in that retrospect that it's when you see haggis it's it's haggis <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's wow really yeah. yeah. Yesterday, as I was saying, you know, I was trying to watch, I was trying to get every sec single second that I could in because I love the show so much. And I was watching the episode revolving around pizza and I'm like, oh, like, I just want to take it out of the screen and eat. It's just yeah, so good. Dude. It was really good. <laughs> Amazing. That's Chef Drew's handiwork, that pizza. Yeah, he kind of developed good. his own new dough. It was yeah, really insane. The detail is something I love about this. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I really appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to talking with you for season three. Yeah, thank we'll you. <laughs> All thank right. you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Once again, I mean, geez, I just, how can you not love the show? I love it so much. You know, I know you guys have been tweeting me uh, at KMAC Music. We're at Pop Culture Pod CA about, you know, you were excited for season two. And also I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about the premiere of season two, episode one. And let's talk about Servant all season long. But before we do, let's hear from the man, the myth, the legend himself, M. Knight Shyamalan. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you so much for talking with me, sir. I really appreciate it. I absolutely love season one of Servant, one of my favorite shows that has quickly become one of my favorite shows of all time. Thank you so much. Of course. So I'm uh, actually in Delaware. I'm from Delaware. So um, I love checking out like, oh, that looks like it's near Spruce Street and stuff like that in the <laughs> show. But speaking of locations, the house, the Turner house is really a character in itself in the show. Um, can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. One of the aspects of this 
premise that I love so much is it takes place in one location. You know, can you make an entire show in one location? I, I love that kind of play-like quality of it. And so this idea that we're going to stay in this brownstone on Spruce Street in Philadelphia and never leave it and only see the outside world through devices here and there is, was very exciting for me. And I think Apple, I think when I first told them that was what we were going to do, I don't think they believed me. They were, they thought, uh, okay, well, the pilot, okay, that's, wow, that whole, the whole pilot was in the house. That's amazing. <laughs> And then the second episode, the third episode, the fourth episode, and they're like, wow, we're still in the house. And then the whole first season. And then I think when it really became like, wait, he's dead serious is when they saw the first episode of the second season. They were like, you're going to stay in the house? <laughs> and I'm like, we're staying in the house. That's what we're going to do. And then the idea that I have is that we're going to expand what we're calling the house every season. So in second season, there's a whole section of the house that you never saw before that's now uh, a part of the storytelling. And then in the third season, there's another whole aspect that you're going to see that you, that you haven't seen. And so I, <laughs> I'm already getting like intrigued. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> for season one, if I had to yeah. in my, you know, if, if I had to give a theme to it, I would say grief mm -hmm. season two would you say is more about power or what would you say the theme is? Well, I talked to the writers this way. I said, season one is essentially what, what happened to Jericho? What is the trauma that's hanging over this family? And then season two is what is this cult? And you know, what, what is, what is, what is Leanne a part of? Where did she come from? Um, and then I have one for the remaining two seasons, what, what each of those are. Uh, and so that's the structure. Uh, emotionally, I think the whole show is these two storylines, a family that's refusing to mourn and the, the provenance of Leanne. Where is she from and what happened to her on top of it? I, I love it. Another thing that I enjoy is uh, the food seems to be, or, or is very much a centerpiece of the show in many ways throughout the, you know, both seasons. What, what is that? I, I personally haven't figured it out yet, um, if it even <laughs> means anything at all. But what is it? Am I missing something? Am I, you know, can you give a little bit of insight into that? You know, when Tony, I think Tony put it in the original pilot um, and the earlier episodes, I, I think it came from his culinary background. And both he and I, I think, really didn't realize how powerful it was, but we kept on wanting it and putting it in. And I started to realize it was a, almost a way of seeing life, all aspects of life. You're killing something. You're uh, creating something, your, you know, the, the ripping, the tearing of flesh, the cutting, um, the things that are delivered to their house that are alive, that are not alive, um, the perfectionism of it, the art of it, all of that stuff happening because we never leave the house. These things are really powerful and they have a, 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 a quality to them that feels like you're experiencing wars or things that are larger and yet we take that for granted we don't think about 
you know, what it's like to pluck the, the feathers off of something. But when we spend an episode on that, you, you're kind of shocked at, oh my God, that's what happens before I eat that chicken or that goose. And uh, you start thinking about all those things. I've found it very sensual and it's part of the decadence of the show. The show is about a, a, a family that's kind of posh in Philadelphia and they, they dress a certain way and they go to these events and they have parties and they eat and drink wine and, and have these extravagant meals, but they're not dealing with this this tragedy that's happened they'll do anything but deal with this tragedy i that's thank you very much i mean that puts a lot of um perspective into it for me by the way it also makes me want to be a um anchor in philadelphia on like kyw or whatever <laughs> i love that <laughs> but um i'm just kidding i heart um but uh <laughs> but um the other thing that you know i think is very interesting and this is more broader uh is you have a, a plan for finality in this where some of my other favorite shows the x-files and lost and you know um that wasn't the plan from the beginning. Why was that important to you for Servant to know, I want to tell this story in X amount of half hour-ish, you know, episodes, and then I want the story to end there? You know, I think if you, on those two examples that you gave, I don't think it's quite as important for X-Files because that's more of an episodic kind of we're solving a mystery every single episode kind of you know, uh, show it was, it's not as important that, you know, where the two characters are going necessarily and where the show would end. But for a show like lost, when you're doing a, a mystery, uh, a puzzle, you should know where you're going. I, I, I think otherwise, uh, there will be a lot of, um, false doors and things that really don't mean anything because you didn't know why you put them in there to begin with. And then you have to jam them in to the to an ending i didn't want to be cornered at the end i wanted to be the the ending to be revelatory to 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 all of it um a, a, an inevitable thing a, a journey that that makes it so you go back and you watch it and it feels more satisfying i love that and and one of the again many 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 things that i love about servant and it's so masterful at is it's a journey every episode you know it's it, you have the um the larger story but each episode has its own journey for many of for all of the characters really and uh, you know i was talking um to toby and, and lauren about this that for season one in my opinion you know i i really felt um bad for for Lauren in many ways like oh she's a victim and and you know oh it's so sad that she's like kind of delusional and all that and it seems much different in season two and uh and Toby or, or um Sean where you, you know in season one I'm like come on bro like that's what I would do too I would try to protect my wife and blah 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 where in season two I'm like is everybody making the right choices? Are there any right choices here? <laughs> you know, it's very complex, uh, which is like all of us, right? I mean, we're not black and white. Um, and I just, I think it's so masterful that Servant does that. The different layers of the characters are uh, representative of layers of us. You know, it's not a two-dimensional, one-dimensional character 
that you see on screen, like, you know, so many other shows and movies and stuff. Uh, it's very, very deeply layered. And again, I just think that's absolutely masterful. Oh, thank you, man. So kind. I, I do believe that at the center of it, the what happened to Jericho, which you learn in season one, in, in episode nine of season one, is so hard to internalize. It's so hard to deal with that that's, that's the engine that's doing all this stuff that you're talking about. It justifies any dark action, any good action, any belief system, because it's why I was very interested in the show is when I saw this documentary on on a, a father who forgot his child in his, in the car and it was so and the child passed away you know he left him the car in the sun and and it was just so so upsetting and how could there be a god how could there be anything good in the world if that can happen because there's no lesson to be learned there's nothing there's no growth that's coming he was a good man who loved his kid you know and just forgot you know and um that's been, you know, I think in a, in a way, something that's driving me, you know, in the show, just to think for episodes after episodes about, you know, do I believe there's something good out there? Or am I just going to get dark, you know, uh, and, and I flip flop a lot, you know, on that. And so you, 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 you when I tell my movies, and now this show, they're dealing with things I'm struggling with, or I'm, I'm, I want to learn more about my feelings about them. And this was, this is that, you know, when you something like somebody dies of, of a disease or something, you can say, Oh, well, you know, that was meant to be. And, you know, and I can cherish who they were and they went and God took, you know, you find some way, but this incident and incidents like it, it feels like there's nothing, nothing good about it at all. There's nothing, there's no way to spin this in any way. Uh, and, and that's what I, I think the characters are struggling with. And, that engine underneath everything uh, is is the power of the show. Thank you. And and finally, you know, and this I kind of what you just said kind of you know prodded me to really realize this is that each character is dealing with you know this loss in very very different ways, but they're all you know dealing with it. Um, and that's very, very interesting to me. You know, it's very interesting to me how one is just almost delusional with grief and the other has turned to, you know, drugs and, and liquor. And the other is kind of um, kind of trying to be the hero, the protector. Uh, it's just, I love it. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah, this idea that they're not having this conversation is... You know, in a, in a, I guess in a, a romantic, you know, an unrequited love show, you never let the two of them actually say I love you to each other. And in this show, they're not actually ever having the conversation that they need to have with each other, which because they're scared of what's going to happen on the other side of that conversation, which we totally get um, why they're avoiding it. Wow. Well, thank you, sir. I really, really appreciate your time. I cannot wait for everybody to see season two and I'm looking forward to three and four. So let's bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, so, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. You as well, sir. He's a legend. 
a genius. I absolutely love him. And he's a nice guy. He's really, really, really a nice guy. So I'm really, really happy. That was a bucket list interview for me. I've always wanted to interview him. He's one of my favorites. And I did. So we did it, guys. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. Let me know what you think of Servant. Let's talk about it all season long. Go, you know, socials. It's at KMAC Music on Twitter and Instagram, at PopCulturePodCA on Twitter. Um, You know, I'm on Facebook, Kyle McMahon, Pop Culture Weekly. Just Google it wherever there's a social. I'm there. Just Google my name. And uh, we can talk pop culture. So I will see you guys next week. See you then. You're listening to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon, presented by 92.9 Tom FM, an iHeartRadio station. And the twist is... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.